Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk with people who are living lives of purpose and doing amazing things that make a positive impact in our world. We take time to listen to them as they reflect on their life journeys and what has shaped them into who they are today and what motivates them to be involved in what they do. Well, kia ora, everyone, and welcome on to Seeds Podcast. This is Stephen Moe, and I'm really glad you could join me as we get the chance to speak with Nobuko Okamoto. And she is an artist who uses kintsugi to repair broken pottery. And we have a really fascinating discussion about that, how it works, but also what it might mean for us as people. What does it symbolize? What is it a metaphor for? And if any of you have any pottery that needs repairing, she is definitely the person to reach out to. And a shout out to Patty Pegler, who wrote the article that I saw on Stuff, which then led me to talk with Nobuko. And that article is a link in the show notes. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I'm sure you will as well. If you do, then why not check out some of the other episodes in the back catalog, because we're up to almost 300 of those. And thanks to all of you who keep spreading the word about Seeds. It just hit 132,000 downloads, and I know that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for all of you out there telling others about the podcast. So thank you very much. And a special thanks to Frances Valentine, who posted about the podcast over the summer. And her post on LinkedIn had about 63 likes, and it definitely helped to spread the word. So if you come across an episode that you really enjoy, why not tell your networks about it too? Now let's get straight into this conversation. So it's a real pleasure to welcome Nobuko Okamoto to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation because oh. you are involved in some interesting things, mm-hmm. um, and in particular, kintsugi, which yep. um, is sort of a Japanese way of fixing broken pottery. Yes. So I'm really looking forward to finding out about that because I think it's an amazing picture for life as well. Mm -hmm. But before we talk about that, I always like to ask people questions Mm -hmm. about their past, and then we can kind of discover their life story. So in your case, could you tell us a little bit about where you're from, and maybe what life was like for you when you were, say, five years old? Five years old, yeah. I'm from Japan, uh, Kyoto City in Japan. And Kyoto is a tourist city because um, it's former capital in Japan. Mm-hmm. So I grew, I was born in there and grew up there. So when I was five, I was curious child. Were you? <laughs> yeah. And then I was into um, swimming and play the piano mm-hmm. and also like fashion. Mm-hmm. Maybe because of my mom, she brought me a lot of like clothes shop and I really like the fashion yeah so that yeah. that was my childhood yeah that's yeah. great and Kyoto for those who haven't been there can you describe Kyoto a little bit because you mentioned it's quite an old city isn't yeah. it the old capital mm-hmm. um, but yeah like when you talk about old in New Zealand we mm-hmm. have quite short history yeah. Really, if you think about it yeah, yeah. Um, yeah tell us a little bit like for Kyoto when was it the capital city like was it a long time ago or so um yeah Kyoto began to be a capital when it was 749 Mm -hmm. year 749 yeah so it was a long long time ago long time ago yeah and then fortunately Kyoto city didn't get any damage from world war Mm -hmm. so there are so many old um temples and shrine and building Mm. like 
great place to visit. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. agree. I, I actually, as I told you before we started recording, I lived in Japan for uh -huh. five years. Yes. And one year was in Osaka. And Osaka was bombed during the war, yeah, so yeah. it's very yes. concrete. Mm -hmm. Many um, concrete buildings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It has its own type of beauty, but mm -hmm. um, if you go to Kyoto, it's really amazing mm. um, because, like you say, some of the temples and buildings have been there like nearly thousand years. Yes. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't realize how beautiful Kyoto City was or how lucky I was. Living there right. until I come here. Okay. So I, I've been to overseas a lot, and like when I visit somewhere, people often talk to me. Oh, I've been to Kyoto, and you're such a lucky person living mm -hmm. there. And and then I realize how lucky I was. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's often like that, isn't it? The place that we live, we mm. don't appreciate until after yeah. leaving. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad. I realized that now. Mm. Mm. I remember visiting Kyoto one time during the cherry blossom season. Yes. And there were these amazing flowers mm -hmm. all around. Yeah, yeah. I think it's beautiful. And Kyoto is known by cherry blossom and changing color in autumn season. So, mm -hmm. yeah, people often visit and take photos. And Yeah, I knew it was beautiful, but I thought it's not a special thing. Right. Yeah, but now I know. <laughs> now you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is it? I'm just curious about Japanese people because they do love changing of the seasons. Mm -hmm. Why is that, do you think? Why? Um, I do too. I do appreciate the changing season, but actually I never think why, but we appreciate the food, like seasonal food and just respect for the natures and mm, I think you're right I think I think it has to do with an appreciation that we are in a world mm. and nature is there and it's changing all the time yeah because um, I think sometimes in the western culture we just keep going even mm. if it's autumn we don't stop or you know springtime we don't stop in the yeah. same way because mm -hmm. I know in Japan like in springtime they have hanami, right? Yeah, Which yes. is literally means let's go look at the flowers. Mm -hmm. And there's people will take a break and yeah. go outdoors. Yeah. So we have a lot of small like ceremony or like festival or things mm -hmm. in every season. So in springtime, we tend to go for hanami, which is like seeing the blossom and having drink. It's like a picnic. Yeah. under the cherry blossom tree and it's quite common things in japan mm. and when it's spring we are like oh where we go this year for hanami mm. and that's normal conversation in japan so i never think why we do it but yeah since when i was a little it's already like that so yeah mm. yeah and then in autumn there's koyo right like Koyo, yeah, 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 yes, going yes. Going out to see the yeah. the red leaves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. summertime we do the um, fireworks mm -hmm. and always have a lot of festival in summertime. Mm -hmm. so, and we wear yukata. It's like a kimono, but cotton or um, linen hemp version of kimono because mm -hmm. it's summer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then enjoy the like 
traditional Japanese festival.、Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. So, tell us a bit more, you know, as a child growing up in Japan,、mm-hmm. what was it like in terms of school? And I know you were just living in it, so it was just normal for you. Yeah. <laughs> But for us who didn't grow up in Japan,、mm. yeah, what was it like going to Japanese school, for example? Yeah, so、um, most of Japanese school has a school lunch and everyone eats the same food.、Mm-hmm. And students serve the food by themselves, like student in charge. So, like this week, you're in charge. So, that person or people have to serve meal to other students. And teacher also having the same meal with students in the classroom. And after we eat, we clean them up. So, we learn responsibility. And social from that too. It's not only eat the lunch, like we learn through cleaning or eating, or like something like that in the school. So I think it's a bit unique、yeah. on the Japanese things. Yeah. It's actually good life skills to learn、mm. very early, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now I know, like, that's why we like cleaning. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Because we enjoy it with friends. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's a part of like learning from school. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's kind of just part of culture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of the school, like, would it be very, you know, times that it starts and finishes would be very、uh, set? Because in my mind, when I think about Japan,、mm-hmm. like, if I go to get on a train、mm. and the train is coming at 10. 16 a.m.、Yeah. Mm-hmm. The train will always be there. <laughs> <Yeah> . Always on time. Always on time. Yeah. And it's interesting to me.、Um, do you have any thoughts about that? Like, Yes.、Um, maybe from school too. Like when we are little, like we start going to school from year five or six, five years old, six years old. And then, like, Being late to the class is really like rude to teacher.、Mm-hmm. We learn that、mm-hmm. way.、Mm-hmm. And we have to say, oh, sorry. And teacher always asks us, like, why? Why did you like? What happened?、Right. And we have to explain why. And so for me, it's normal things to be there five minutes ahead、um, and up,、uh, before. Yes. Or just show them respect or. Mm, just just normal things for us. Yeah. So that's why I train or public transport never late, never be late. If it's late, it's big things for us. Yeah. So yeah. everyone's saying, oh, why don't. Why? It's almost front page news, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That train didn't <laughs> the come. The train didn't come at exactly the right time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. big thing for us. Like, it must be had some accident or like. Mm. Some, something happened, so people are curious what happened. Yeah. Yeah,、so. yeah, it's an amazing part of the culture because I remember when I lived in Japan,、um, you know, if a meeting was to start at 11 o'clock,、mm-hmm. everyone would be there at 11 o'clock. Whereas、yeah. in Western culture, if it's 11 o'clock, people will just kind of wander in at 11.05 or 11.07 mm. and, oh, hey, how's it going? And like it's not as precise as.、Yeah. 
Japanese、um, mm. time efficiency. <laughs>、mm, yeah, yeah, I don't know why, but it's quite strict about time.、Mm. And it wasn't easy for me when I was younger.、Mm. Okay. And tell us more about yourself as a child. You mentioned you were quite curious.、Mm-hmm. Um, did you know much about like, outside of Japan? Was、mm. there many influences of teachers or any contact with like, overseas places? Yes.、Um, my mother raised, was raised up in France. So my family is sort of. Um, bicultural family because、mm-hmm. my father is from Japan and like my family like traveling around the world. So, yeah, I, I had a lot of opportunity to go to overseas when I was a little. So, that's my curiosity too why people doing different things,、mm-hmm. why people eating different way. So, Yeah, I didn't have much idea, but every time when I visit somewhere new, I found something like really interesting、right. for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was. Yeah. yeah, so you had an interest in outside of Japan. Yes, yeah. yeah.、Mm-hmm. And New Zealand, how did you first find out about New Zealand? How old were you in high school? or? Yes, high school student. It was. Uh, when I was 16, I decided to go somewhere overseas by myself. So that was my first solo trip.、Mm-hmm. And I don't know why I chose Christchurch, but I thought、um, it looked beautiful and I heard it's a safe place to go by mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I came here. And first things I was surprised, I surprised was. It was winter because I came here on my summer break、right. and I didn't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was wearing shorts and singlet and it was snowing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's quite a shock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known that, but I didn't、oh, know. That's funny. And then, yeah, I found people really friendly,、mm. even though if I go out for food, like restaurant or cafe, like in Japan.、Um, The shop staff has always have to be quite polite, not friendly.、Mm. So, here, like when I go to a cafe, they're like, Oh, hi, how are you? And I was so surprised, like, Do I know them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I really like that. Yeah. yeah. And your parents,、um, like 16, is quite young、mm-hmm. to go away. Yeah.、Um, what was their thinking? Or were they like, Yep, go for it? Or were they a little bit cautious?、Uh, they support me a lot because、mm. I started thinking to go somewhere by myself when I was li- li- younger than 16. I always tell them, like, can I go to somewhere by myself? And they, they said, oh, well, wait till you become a high school student and you can start work and you can think where to go and go if you want. <laughs> and then, yeah, I was waiting. Yeah, since when I was 12 or 13. So, yeah, it was okay. Like, it's not suddenly happened. Like, I always. Like, you were always <laughs> planning to <laughs>、yeah. go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So,、oh, yeah.、Great. They were really supportful and helped me.、Mm. Mm. And I think when you arrived here, so it's wintertime,、mm-hmm. <laughs> is that when you started getting involved in snow sports? And, yes. Yeah.、Mm. Tell us about that. Yeah. So. I came to Christchurch and it was winter, and I met many beautiful people in Christchurch. And 
they brought me to Mount Hart to try snowboarding. And they were actually skier or snowboarder who I met in Backworker in Christchurch City. And I didn't know why they came from overseas to do snowboarding or skiing. I had actually no idea. And my English wasn't good enough to have like proper conversation. So I just followed them because I liked being with them. Like right. they're interesting people. And then they asked me if I want to try snowboarding. And I said, yes, yes. <laughs> they didn't know much, but I went there and just following them. And they're really good snowboarders, like competitors or professionals. And then I became into snowboarding. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good good people to be learning from, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how good they were at the beginning because I was a beginner. So I thought that was standard level. Right. So but actually, they're like very, very yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found it like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. So how long were you here for that first trip? Was it just a short time? Yeah, or? short time. Um, Maybe less than two months. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. And this was in like late 1990s, was it? 1998. Or? 1998. Yeah. Okay, mm. yeah. Yeah, so our lives, we kind of have done parallel lives because I moved to Japan in mm. 1998 yes. to work at a ski resort mm -hmm. in Akakura, Skijo. Yeah. Yeah. And I was there for three months in mm. 1998 because it was when the Nagano Olympics were on. Yes. So that's kind of funny because you were here and I was about to leave to go in mm. November, December, January. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you get back to Japan. Yeah. Um, had, what what did it do for you being in New Zealand for two months and then going back to Japan? Mm. Was it difficult to adjust back to being high school student again, or was it easy? It wasn't. It wasn't difficult. Mm. But I remember many of my classmates asked me a lot of questions, and like I was so excited to meet many people or start doing snowboarding so I just told them a lot but mm -hmm. I didn't find any difficulty to be in Japan mm -hmm. but I already found the cultural cultural differences and yeah I start thinking I like this of Japanese culture but I prefer this way of New Zealand culture and right. like start thinking about that yeah yeah, yeah. And what were some of the things that you realized even as 16 years old? Mm -hmm. What were some of the things that you noticed between Japanese culture and New Zealand culture? Yeah, um, maybe as we discussed before, the time things. Mm. Like in Japan, we always have to be on time. And sometimes it's a bit tight for me. Like I have to do something. Otherwise, I'm not the proper person or not yeah. the right person even if i'm right like right person like yeah. i'm not wrong like people are not wrong even if they are late but in japan we tend to feel like i did something really wrong but here people said oh just hey how are you and don't, don't even say oh sorry for late and yeah for me it was really like relaxing and i found Mm, I prefer mm. this mm, relax, 
relaxing. Yeah, yeah. kind of a relaxed kind of style. Yeah, of, style. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. So you're getting to the end of your high school. Mm -hmm. Did you know what you wanted to do next? Did you want to study or, yeah, what yeah. happened next? I wanted to go to university, but I haven't decided what major I should choose. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do many different things because I was a curious person. But I became into snowboarding and I started compete around the world. And I became um, professional when I was 18, so 18, 19. So I just decided to keep doing snowboarding as a job. Mm -hmm. mm. And that had come about because of your New Zealand, coming to New Zealand, mm -hmm. learning snowboarding and then going back? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. It's interesting in life how different influences shape where we go yeah, with yeah. our careers or you know what we get into yeah so you come here at 16 you think it's going to be summer but actually winter mm -hmm. <laughs> so you start snowboarding yeah and then that's what you end up doing yeah so what was that like what's it like to be involved in snowboarding mm. so um when when i became professional I have to compete to get result. Of course, sponsors always ask me to do. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't thinking me to be so like competitive or always compete with others. I wanted to enjoy more, but then I found out, oh, but this is my job. So, and then I thought I was lucky to do something I really like as a job. And then I became more into being athlete but i like travel so that was another like good things about being snowboarder mm -hmm. and like seeing different cultures and meet many people and and then i start more into learning english because at school i didn't like english much mm -hmm. yeah it wasn't fun subject for me but when I saw many friends, I wanted to speak with them. So I start studying English and ask them many vocabularies and like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think in Japan, sometimes the study of English is very academic. Yeah, I think so. You so you have to memorize the grammar rules mm -hmm. and you have to get it perfectly. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I was English teacher in Osaka for mm -hmm. nine months. Yeah. And I noticed that the students sometimes had better grammar than me mm. but they didn't know how to actually speak the mm, language yes. so yeah. it was like in their head mm. they were extremely good mm. but then not able to actually yeah. say the words mm. so it, it's kind of academic versus the living language yeah it's kind of a contrast yeah. that's what exactly happened to me like yeah. i can write better than i speak because i can think what's the grammar or like sentence structure yes but when i speak i don't have time to think so yeah yeah it becomes very instant doesn't mm, it yeah mm. well you're speaking beautifully so <laughs> you've oh, clearly you. <laughs> learned a lot over the years <laughs> and that traveling around as a snowboarder mm -hmm. um, did that take you just all over the world or were you focused in one area like in japan or um to go to competition you mean yeah yeah, yeah i just went to many country because i prefer that mm -hmm. but it's not 
always have to not necessary mm. if i wanted to stay in same country mm. we could but i love traveling so right. yeah sounds like it's a great excuse for you <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> i have to go off to this new country yeah do some competition yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so how long did you end up doing that for i think i was only five years because mm-hmm. ended up i get injured serious injured and had to give up okay maybe i could keep trying but i was still young and i thought mm, maybe i should do something new right yeah yeah and what was the new thing so i start um at the beginning i spend my time for rehabilitation and therapy and then i start working at the wedding banquet and in japan bridesmaid is the professional job ah. yeah so it's like assistant uh-huh. and i found it was really interesting like observe like client and what she needs and sometimes we have to support mentally because they tend to get nervous or emotional right. so my boss like one of my boss inspired me like she's always observed clients and like already know what's going to happen next and offer clients before she noticed i see yeah and that's like japanese culture too Mm. like always think about others Mm -hmm. and care and respect other others and and then yeah i enjoy that job so what would you actually do then you became a bridesmaid uh, supporting Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, what was your role? What would you do? So in the morning, mm-hmm. see them and like talk about plan because that day they have ceremony and party and after party. So yes. make sure what your like expectation or what you want to do and what's the important things. And then um, help them to wear kimono or dress Mm -hmm. because especially kimono japanese traditional dress is really difficult to wear Mm. so it's not only one person job it's three or four people doing at the same time so we help with that and ready for their snacks and drinks and like just organized the day and support everything they need yeah and as i mentioned they tend to get nervous so we just keep convers- um, having conversation and ask them their story and yeah and so in japanese culture would there be other other bridesmaids there as well that you're supporting or how does it work so there's the bride mm-hmm. <laughs> and then normally the bride would choose some bridesmaids like sister yeah, or yeah, cousin yeah. or something are you supporting all of those people or the bride is your main client. Yeah. yeah, we don't have bridesmaids in Japan. Yeah. So sisters and friends are just a guest. I see. Yeah, so only professional bride assistant is helping. Understood. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so I was surprised when I saw that Western culture bridesmaid, they are wearing the same dress and yeah. I thought, what are they doing? Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So it's kind of quite professional role mm-hmm. to be the support for the yeah. bride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I liked food and wines, and I became into hospitality sector. Mm-hmm. So after that, I run my own business. 
like cafe and bar mm-hmm. in Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So you've done quite a few different things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and had so. you were you coming back to New Zealand and visiting over those years or that time when you were 16? Because obviously we're now back here. We're in Christchurch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, was it always on your radar that, oh, maybe one day I'll move back to New Zealand? Or Actually, I didn't think particularly move to New Zealand. because I, uh, But I always thought I w- want to go somewhere overseas one day. Mm-hmm. But I, I wasn't sure where and when. And... I start traveling too, again too. So mainly I went to like warm country, mm-hmm. Thailand, Indonesia, maybe because of I had a lot of snow season, like right. always following snow. So my ear was like pretty much always like I was, I already, uh, no, what can I say? Always winter. So, yeah. 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 Always maybe. chasing the next snowfall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe... I change um, to the to summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, how did you end up coming back to New Zealand? Was that a couple of years ago? Yeah, um, that was four years ago, three, four years ago. Now, mm-hmm. so I run the business in Japan, but unfortunately, the building I was in got damaged from earthquake, and. Um, I had to move up from there or close the business. And yeah, that was a hard decision because I had a passion for that business. Mm. And of course, I had a staff and like customers. Mm. Yeah, people who supported me. But I decided to close the business and do something new because I like challenging. Mm. So, and then when I run the business, I also start learning about kintsugi so that was my like favorite hobby then yeah and of course i didn't think i'm gonna do that by myself i'm overseas at overseas but my teacher said if you move to somewhere you should do it it's really important to split the culture even though you are not the master yet uh, yeah. uh, well, I'd love to find out about Kintsugi just before we talk about that. So mm-hmm. the um, the business that you were running, where was that in? Was uh, that, that was Nagano in, in Japan. Nagano. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. And so that was in the 2011 earthquakes that got damaged or a different earthquake? Actually, I start running a business after earthquake, oh, okay. but the building was old building oh. and damage getting serious afterwards. So right. it start leaking and yeah, a lot of, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, it's a funny little um, connection between New Zealand and Japan mm-hmm. because we had the New Zealand earthquakes yep. here in Christchurch mm-hmm. and I was living in Japan mm-hmm. and I came back. My parents were living in Sumner mm-hmm. and their house was badly damaged. Oh. So I came home to Christchurch to help them, you know, clean up the house and... Then I went back to Japan, and like five days later, hmm. big earthquake in Japan, hmm. which then had the nuclear, um, yeah. you know, power mm-hmm. plant issues and things. Um, but it's this little connection, like within a couple of weeks, yeah. major earthquakes hmm. in New Zealand yes. and in Japan. Hmm. 
Yeah, the ring of fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The island nations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.、Mm-hmm. But I remember when I was in Japan and it, the earthquake hit, I was on about level 24 or so、oh. of a big building、and、in Otemachi in、yeah. Tokyo. And yeah, very scary. Looking out and seeing all the buildings moving,、mm. but all moving slightly different speed because、oh. they all had different yeah, systems system, to yeah, control yeah. their movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like a science fiction movie looking out and seeing massive, like these are 50 story buildings all slightly moving, but、mm. different speed.、Mm. It's very strange. Yeah. yeah. So you've been back in New Zealand for about four years. Yeah.、Um, And Kintsugi, can you just tell us a bit more about what it is? Because I'm really intrigued by it.、Mm-hmm. And also, what, you know, what are the pictures that it has for our lives as well?、Mm. So, how did you find out about it? Is it really well known in Japan, or is it something that you have to go to find a teacher? Yes, it's not so popular in Japan, actually.、Mm. It is traditional culture. And I didn't know until I broke my precious piece、mm-hmm. and I read the book about Kintsugi. It just coincidentally, I went to the library and just, just grabbed one book and it was about Kintsugi. So I inspired by that book. But any, none of my friends knew that then. I was excited and talked to many people. Did you know this? But not many people knew that. But some people who are into art or ceramics or pottery, they might know.、Mm-hmm. But I found it became popular in Western culture, I mean, New Zealand or Europe or America, because、mm-hmm. I heard a lot from New Zealand people more than Japanese friends. Right. Yeah. And、um, Kintsugi is basically.、Um, Fixing broken piece with Japanese tree sap and gold. So it's all natural ingredients. And it starts more than a thousand years ago, I heard. Not too sure, sorry. But yeah, so、mm, it's traditional technique and techniques. And in Japan, there are many masters, but it's not easy to find them. So, I had to find one of craftsmen and visit him, ask him if he could teach me. So, where was he living? Is it he was in Nagano. In Nagano, yeah,、okay. yeah, Nagano Prefecture, but not in my home,、uh, the town I first lived in. So, yeah, I always tried. So, what gave you the determination, I guess, to seek out the master like that? Why was it important to you to, to learn? Mm, why do I need?、Huh? What, yeah, sorry, why, why did you want to learn how to do Kintsugi?、Mm, because I'm a curious person.、Mm-hmm. Like when I know something new, it's like maybe most of people just want to repair, get repaired from master and brought just precious broken piece.、Mm-hmm. But maybe I personally prefer learn how to do it.、Mm. So that's why I asked him、yeah. if he could teach me. And he accepted that and he started teaching me. So he's basically not a teacher, he's a craftsman. Right. Yeah. But he agreed to allow you to come、mm. and learn. Yeah. 
So how long were you with him learning? About six years, I thought. Yeah. Wow. Mm. And were you, um, did that become your job then? Or were you doing other things and then doing that as well? Yeah, I was running business then. Yeah, but... So you go to visit when you can. Yeah, Yeah. only once a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, visit him. Because Kintsugi takes time to done. Because Japanese tree sap, which is main ingredient, harden very slow and warm and humid humidity humidity mm-hmm. condition. So we have to wait two weeks um, between the process. So it takes quite a long time. Mm. So I brought two pieces and work every week different um, for a different piece. And finding out what how to make ingredients verbally, and the different technique, and dif- different um, condition of broken piece. Sometimes it has chips, sometimes cracks, sometimes totally broken. And yeah, I learned a lot of techniques from through him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. And the gold part of it. Mm-hmm. Why is there gold included? <laughs> <laughs> because it's beautiful. Uh huh. Yeah, because it is not only repairing or fixing. uh, It shows us the broken piece became more beautiful than original. Mm. And that sometimes I I reflect myself to the Kintsugi repair. When we get hurt or when we broke our heart, it takes time. We have to through a lot of process to heal ourselves, but ended up we became stronger and shinier. So I don't think when Kintsugi started, they think that way, but now when I work on it, I always reflect to myself. And maybe gold was like special things in Japan mm. back in the day. But now, still, but I mean... Yeah, special things. And many people think gold is like bright and shiny and what can I say? Like really, mm, mm, I can't express, uh, I can't explain this word. Kind of showy or easy Mm, to see. Yeah. Yeah. But actually this is almost wabi-sabi. Wabi-sabi is more, hmm, I can't describe this. <laughs> <laughs> can, can you describe what I'm trying to say? Like it's, many people think it's really shiny and almost too, I can't find the word. Like too obvious or, because um, mm. the thing that strikes me, could you say it in Japanese? Can you express Hade? it? Hade? Yeah, Yeah, I think the thing that strikes me about this technique and what you're talking about and the Mm. reason I wanted to talk to you Mm. is that if we think about our lives, Mm. so often there are broken parts in our lives. Mm. 
And it's easy to push them aside、mm. and say, I don't want to deal with that brokenness、mm. or that pain or the whatever it is.、Mm-hmm. And the model that you're using is to say, we can repair things、mm. and we can recognize that there is brokenness,、mm-hmm. but that there can be beauty、mm. in the brokenness.、Yeah. And that by using gold,、mm. it actually emphasizes、mm. the places where、mm. the pottery was broken.、Yeah. And sometimes in our lives, we don't want to talk about the broken things.、Mm. But in the same way, we can be repaired, we can be fixed as well.、Mm. And it can be something that even is celebrated,、yeah. that it actually leads to some new life、mm. for this object、mm. or this person.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So. When I started Kintsugi, I didn't、um, think that way. I thought it's beautiful art.、Mm. But then when I started learning Kintsugi, I began more into the、um, philosophy side of Kintsugi.、Mm. And yeah, this is another story, but after I closed my business, I became a yoga teacher.、Mm-hmm. And I learned a lot of yoga philosophy and start thinking about myself.、Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. And then it's actually c o n n e c t to Kintsugi too.、Mm-hmm. So, and then I became more into Kintsugi from that side too.、Mm. I was just looking up. Hade to see if it had a, a good、hade? definition. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to pop. Yeah, so that, that word hade,、um, it, it's kind of hard to translate into English, isn't it?、Mm, yes, <laughs> I, couldn't, yeah, I couldn't find、yeah. the English but word the for hade. But the philosophy behind it, what would be your feeling?、Mm. Just what you were saying, the.、Um, That it's, it's kind of subtle、yeah. as well,、mm. right? It's,、mm. uh, yeah, it, it just it really strikes me because I think for, for my own family,、um, you know, people go through things that are difficult. Like if someone dies or somebody, something bad happens,、mm. and it can be easy to put aside those emotions and、yeah. not, not go there, not think about it.、Mm. But this is a great illustration of actually. Repairing and making even better potentially、mm, and,、yeah. and recognizing the brokenness. Because、mm. Western culture would be like, oh, it fell down, it broke, throw it away, get a new one.、Mm. Whereas this, it's more of a, this was a precious item, we're going to repair it and it's going to be even more beautiful、mm. because of all the cracks.、Mm. Yeah, sometimes it's hard to deal with hard situations.、Mm. So, like, It's like throwing things because it's broken.、Mm. We don't need this anymore.、Mm. But it's, we, it's, it, it is very important to deal with. It's hard.、Mm. Like for Kintsugi, we have to do many processes and like take so like long time. So, patient and need, need to be patient and. Need to be calm too.、Mm-hmm. I found when I rush on my Kintsugi walk, I tend to make small m i s t a k e and do the 
do, have to do same process again. Right. But it's actually happened to us, like when we trying to um, get over the hard situation or whatever we are dealing with. Like we try something, but not always going well. Especially when we rush, like yeah. I, I want to, like get better, or I want to figure out what to do. But then we can't rush. Actually, we have to take time、mm. and see exactly what happened. And then that happened.、Um, that same in Kintsugi too. Like I need to be calm and patient and like concentrate and just. Exactly. See what's happening. We can't really run away from yeah. the issue.、Mm, so, yeah. yeah, I like that. There's so much philosophy and deep yeah. meaning, isn't、yes. there? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you're right. You 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 can't just sort of. It's it's the difference between getting out、um, some little bit of tape and taping over the issue,、mm. as opposed to this process, which、mm. takes a long time、mm. to do it properly. Yeah. But once it's done,、mm. it's very very strong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Actually,、um, Japanese tree sap main ingredients urushi sap is more solid than super glue.、Mm. I found. Yeah. So. Hmm. That's why it became really strong once if it's done, but it just takes three months to six months, and sometimes way more than that, one year. Yeah, it's bigger piece. It's、mm. amazing because before we started recording, you were telling me about one project you're working on,、mm-hmm. and I think you said the person has asked you to put together this broken item,、mm-hmm. and said, "Could I have it in one year?"、Mm. Which is very different, <laughs> you know. Normally, you go and say, "Can I get it next Tuesday?"、Mm. But this person has said, I, "I'd like it back one year from now,"、mm. because、um, what you can you describe what you're doing? Like, what did you have to do?、Uh, so, one of my clients brought me broken food dog, which is、um, emotional value for him, and it is actually a beautiful piece. He got from.、Um, what can I say? He he had homestay student long time ago, and students' parents brought for him when they pick up their children.、Mm. So that's from somewhere overseas. Sorry, I forgot where. But that was beautiful piece. But when earthquake happened in Christchurch. It was sitting on the fireplace, and、uh-huh. it dropped to the stone tile. I see. And it's totally broken. It's like a, so many small pieces, but one thing. Have you like, counted the pieces? No, but I think it's more than fifty pieces. Yeah. 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 You showed me a photo of it, and it's like all tiny, tiny、mm. bits and pieces, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> but it was like it's fudok. So I have another piece which is not broken,、mm-hmm. so I can see. Where it goes, but still, it took so long to finding out where it goes, and it's like a puzzle.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now I've done a puzzle process, and now trying to join the pieces together. So I think I can finish in one year. I'm not too sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it because yeah. We're so、um, we're so 
bound by time, particularly mm. uh, this is me speaking in Western culture, you know, mm. like, when can I have it? I, can I have it tomorrow? Mm. Can I have it on Thursday? Can mm. I have it two weeks from now? Like to think in that mindset of like, mm. no, no, this is going to take one year mm. to fix. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. there's no way to do it faster <laughs> because every single one of the 50 pieces mm. has to be put together with the other piece. Mm -hmm. Then it has to set for like two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. And then the next bit gets added on. Mm -hmm. So you can't yeah. rush it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, as I mentioned before, when I feel rushed, I always make mistakes. Mm. So mm. I have to be calm and take time and do it not too rushed, like properly, mm. and sometimes have to be slowly. So I normally don't tell my clients how long it's going to take. Mm. I would say three to six months can be more. Mm. It's depending on the condition too. Mm. So Japanese trees up hard and and warm and humidity condition mm. and it's actually not happening here air is quite dry in new zealand i found so i need to make a humidity humidity ah right mm. yeah. yeah and some of the people you meet like the stories about the pottery that's broken mm. must be quite interesting like yeah. why they want it to be repaired mm. are there any that stand out to you that are really interesting ones Actually, every time I ask them how they broke, and it's yeah. always interesting to me. Mm. So I don't have one particular mm. story, but when I work on the piece, I always remember their face and story behind that broken piece. Mm. And sometimes they said, oh, it's not the special cup. Looks like, it looks just... Mm, the cup we can buy from shop easily, right, yeah. but they have emotional value for that. Yes. Yeah. And then they talk to me the story. Yes. So for me, it doesn't matter if it's like really expensive pieces or not expensive pieces. Yeah. Like for me, they want to re get repair and... In a way, it's what sets us apart as humans that we can put value on things mm. because, you know, this cup that broke, you could go down to the store mm. and you could buy a brand new one mm. for like $20 or mm. $10 or something, yeah. like not very much. But if that cup was your grandmother's cup mm. and she drank tea from it every day mm. then all of a sudden it has much more meaning doesn't mm. it yes. so in a way you're restoring the spirit of that object back mm. yeah. and giving it life again mm. yeah so i'm working on my grandmother's precious tea bowl okay. now yeah she was so sad when she broke it it was happening earthquake in japan mm -hmm. and she wanted to throw it because it was too hot her mm -hmm. saying that broken pieces and that was before i knew about kintsugi but i collect them and keep and i was thinking what to do <laughs> 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 now i'm working on it so i'm thinking to send um repaired one on her next birthday mm -hmm. she will be really surprised because she doesn't even know it's still here right <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, that, that's that question of why do you do it? That's a good reason, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> to, <laughs> yes. to be able to repair. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, mm. yeah, that's wonderful. And the masters and the people that you, you've seen or you've learned from, your teacher, for example, are they people that they think about this sort of philosophical side of things as well? Or is it more just practical, you know, this is my job and I repair the broken pottery? I think they're practical. Mm-hmm. Like he, he doesn't mention me about any philosophy side. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I spoke to him what I found, and he agreed. Mm-hmm. But they're not focused on that side. Right. Yeah. It's more the the the, the client needs this fixed, and mm. we're fixing it, and we can do it this way. Yeah. yeah. And when I spoke to my teacher about philosophy or what I found, sometimes he said. Was saying something interesting, right. so maybe he, he he's not focused on the yeah. philosophy. It's interesting, sure. but that in a way that makes it even a more powerful message. That just this this thing that can be done, I just see it as an image of such a much deeper way of thinking about mm. ourselves as humans as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure he understood, mm. or he. He know because he always work on it, and it's not only doing repair. They're quite um, mindful and always calm, and it's not easy things. Right? Yeah. Be always being calm. So I feel they understand. Yeah. Like really deep. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You'd have to have very. Calm, steady, mm. methodical approach mm. to be yeah. able to so do it's it. It's almost meditation. Yeah. So I, I'm sure they learn lots through Kintsugi too. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Well, the reason that I found out about you is there was a little article in the newspaper mm-hmm. that Patty Pegler had written um, about. You know, I think she interviewed you yeah. about your your background and your story and things. And when I saw that, it really resonated with me because um, my wife had recently been thinking about Kintsugi mm-hmm. and what it meant for people. Mm. And then we, I saw this article about you and mm. what you were doing. Um, and I just thought I might read this poem that mm. I wrote, which took the words of the article. Mm-hmm. So it's all your words, mm. but then I made it into a poem form. Mm. Um, and I called it the name of the article, which was The Art of Giving Project, The Art of Giving Broken Objects a New Life. So I'm just going to read it. Is that okay? Yes, yes of course. <laughs> the first time I came here, I had broken. When I arrived, I had some things that needed repairing. When I arrived, I had no idea. But I have been living, repairing. I never thought I would do it. My teacher told me I could. I spent years learning. Tools are not ready-made. You make them or adapt them from other tools. One of the first things I fixed in a really traditional way. It's very slow, big windows, and a lot of sunlight. The sun is good. It makes me happy. When I was a teenager, I had to stay home for a while, so I got a book and I learned. Big windows and a lot of sunlight. Too young to worry about things. I wanted to explore. I wanted a new challenge. I love new challenges. It's probably about that memory from my childhood, 
But that's part of things that needed repairing. My family, friends, it makes me happy to have them. Gifts from friends, some books. The bookshelf is where I put many of my favorite things. I thought maybe I could improve, so I came back. I had some things that needed repairing. A lot of sunlight. All the sun is good. Big windows and a lot of sunlight. And that's the end of the poem. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> so it's, I just read it because it's kind of like the art that you're creating, because I view it as art, what you're doing, mm -hmm. you know, would then go into an article, mm -hmm. which is another form of art, mm -hmm. which would then become a little poem mm. that maybe somebody will listen to or hear and think, oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. interesting. Oh. Yeah. Thank so. you so much for making that poem. Yeah. Actually, I, um, that, um, Party sent me this poem, and I was like moved, and that's why I contact you. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's beautiful. great. Yeah, mm. well, it's it's it. I think as humans, we can connect with each other mm. in many different ways, and we mm. can be inspired by each other and yeah. learn from each other. Mm. And that's what I learned from the podcast because I'm interviewing many different people, mm -hmm. but always I'm asking. How can we learn from this person's life and what they do, mm. and then take it and apply it in other situations yeah. as well? Mm. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate all the time that you've given, and um, I loved hearing about your life story, and I loved especially hearing <laughs> coming to New Zealand age sixteen mm -hmm. and not even knowing what you were getting <laughs> into. <laughs> But if you think about it, it's shaped so much of your life that's come. Mm. You know, becoming professional snowboarder, and now you're living back in Christchurch. Mm. Where you originally came more than twenty years ago, mm. so it's kind of a special thing. Life is like that, isn't it? Yeah, big, big circle. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you so much for having me. Well, I do hope you enjoyed that conversation with Nobuko. For me, there were lots of highlights, and you could tell that I love Japan. So just any chance to talk about Japan is really fun for me. If you enjoyed this, then check out some of the other interviews in the back catalog as well. Until next time. Mm.